0: LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple-makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are excited to talk about a topic that I have not really, I've heard a lot about it because you talk about it all the time, Yeah, Uh, but I don't know a lot about it. Why is that? Well, I mean, I've listened to what you've said, but ultimately I've, I, haven't, I haven't been involved in, in this topic yeah. um, as much. And you so, just don't have
1: firsthand experience. I don't
0: have firsthand experience, and, but we have had a lot of people ask about this topic. True. And so without further ado, let me tell you what the topic is, because I know there are people <laughs> listening and they're sick of me saying the word topic. Yeah. They want to know what I'm talking about. So we're talking about Israel, the place. Yeah. The, land. the location, the land. And so every year for the past few years, you've been taking a trip to Israel and you've been taking groups of people on a tour of Israel. Yeah. And I've seen these kind of, you know, I grew up in the church after, after high school, I've been in the church consistently. Okay. I've seen pastors go to Israel. I've seen people take trips there generally. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to lump everyone together, but generally in my mind, it's older folks going.
1: Normally.
0: Normally. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. I honestly don't <laughs> it's know. It's
1: not cheap, for but, one. But it
0: made me th- well, it's not cheap. So there's a cost factor. It's cost. That. It costs But money. I always thought, okay, why are these older folks wanting to go to Israel? And then, now that I've heard you talk about it, and I've seen pictures of your trip, it really took a multimedia age, a social <laughs> media age for me to understand. Because I see you standing in places and talking about stuff, and I'm thinking, wow, that. That could be amazing. Yeah. So you take trips, you've taken a trip to Israel. What we want to talk about on the, you know, why would we talk about this on a disciple making podcast, first of all? Okay. And then secondly, You know, what's different? When I look at your trip to Israel, I feel like there's something different happening than some of these other trips I've seen throughout the years. And it's the same place. So I don't know what that difference is, but you tell me. Okay, well,
1: yeah. So a couple of things you're asking. Why take trips to Israel? So I think the the greatest thing we can do to strengthen our faith outside of obviously daily reading the Bible, outside of a discipling relationship is to make a pilgrimage to Israel, okay? Mm -hmm. There's something about being there in the place where Jesus lived, in the place where the disciples were called, in the environment where both the Old and New Testament collide, right? Yes. And um, so I've I've gone a couple years ago. I went uh, after I graduated from seminary for the first time with my mentor, Dwight Pryor. Who, wow. for those who don't know, Dwight Pryor has gone on to be with the Lord, but he founded a ministry that's still in existence called Ju- Judaic Christian Studies, uh, jcstudies.org. For those who are familiar with my book, The Forgotten Jesus, I actually dedicated the book to Dwight. A lot uh, of
0: research came from Dwight's hard work.
1: Oh, man. This guy is, uh, his story is he was in the New Age movement years ago. He was one of the high priestesses of the New Age movement. He was Priestess? W- or a priest i oh, <laughs> sorry priest i <laughs> <laughs> one <of> the priestess. <laughs> it's
0: a whole different yeah, uh, yeah. new age
1: movement yeah that's a different <laughs> movement <laughs> But today, that may be par for the course. But anyway. That's true. But anyway, he was a high priest in the New Age movement and uh, got radically saved searching out for spirituality when he found Jesus. Okay. Marries a Jewish woman, goes to the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, studies under some of the great uh, Jewish leaders like uh, David Flusser and uh, Bob Lindsay and uh, many others out there, and basically starts this ministry to prove that Jesus is not a Western, blonde-haired, blue-eyed American. Hmm. Sadly, many pastors today, you are saying
0: Jesus didn't have blonde hair.
1: No, I can oh, almost, I'm almost certain he didn't have my blonde hair. My dive has just shifted. Well, so, so here's the deal. <laughs> not only is Jesus not a blonde haired man, he is an Eastern rabbi who thinks and talks and teaches very differently than we do in our Western culture today. So what I like to do with this trip is I like to bring people to the land. Now, here's the thing about the land. You can go to any trip to Israel with anybody. Yeah. The land preaches itself. Okay. like, yeah, I mean, you and I could just go to the land and look at sites and and see things. And
0: so do they have it set up as someone who's never been? Do they have it set up to where if you go to a location, they've got a sign out front that says this is where so and so happened?
1: Yeah, it's some of the places they do some of the places, but it's just one little paragraph. Gotcha. You know, this is where the traditional site is, where Jesus fed the 5000.
0: Okay, gotcha. So there is some. So I'm just thinking, I hate to use the term, but as a tourist. Yeah in Israel, are they looking at that as tourist stops?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, you would go to some of those stops. Right, yes. Gotcha. Okay. Here's what I think uh, is, was the benefit of going with Dwight Pryor and the benefit of going with someone who knows the Eastern culture and makes those connections from old to new. So what I've tried to do with our trip is is we tr- I've tried to basically move the audience or move the people through a process where we start Chris in Caesarea. Okay, Caesarea by the Sea. And in Caesarea by the Sea, it's interesting. I make this big discipleship uh, teaching uh, point, if you will. And basically what I show them is this. We go into Caesarea by the Sea, which should have been very close to the town of Nazareth, where Jesus grew up. Mm -hmm. Okay, very close. Jesus would have known about Caesarea by the Sea. It was built by Herod. Uh, Herod the Great built this place. Uh, it was the city where Pontius Pilate lived most of the time. The reason why is it was a port city, so you okay. could go west real easily. So, how
0: far away from Nazareth
1: is? This uh, I'd say probably um, ten miles, maybe. Wow, was oh, so very it's close. Really? Close. Yeah, maybe fifteen miles at the most. So, this very is a close. big
0: Herod built, for lack of a better term, port where a lot of stuff is taking place because at New that city. time. You know, anything on the water where you could ship out and bring. I mean, you know, massive thing.
1: Yeah. Huge city.
0: And we don't hear about it much.
1: We don't hear about much. But I tell you what's interesting. We bring the tour. We start the tour off like this. We bring the people there. Last year, we took over right over 70. Uh, We bring them all there. I sit them in the amphitheater where they would have had the theater plays. Now, you got to understand, theater back then was a, was an idea of Hellenism mm-hmm. to really infect and infiltrate the Jewish culture with this idea of plays and movies and stories, in a sense, and, and if we could kind of, and, and basically the way the, the, the theater worked back then is this, they always presented a problem that everyone was dealing with in the okay. community. So you lost your your, your job, or you uh, someone in your family got sick, and so you always have this drama, right? You always have this, Uh, this difficult season of a person's life. And then always, without exception, one of the false gods would come in, they would pray to the false god, the false god would swoop in, save the day, and they would say, hey, if you pray to Aphrodite, you'll have blank. If you pray to Dionysus, you'll have kids. And basically, the god was the hero of the theater. Now think about how subtle that is. It just subtly impacts the people, right? Now, I bring people there, and I talk a little bit about Hellenism, although I do that later uh, at another place called Baytion, which is a big Roman city. Okay. But we go to Caesarea, and here's what I show them. I say, look around. We're in a place that holds roughly 4,000 people four thousand people are in this amphitheater okay and they're surrounded by this it overlooks the water it's an amazing place if jesus was an american preacher slash revivalist what is miles away 10 miles away from his hometown he knows about this city he's he's heard about this city if he's an american preaching revivalist yeah, what is Jesus doing?
0: Oh, he's going down there and, and utilizing the space. Oh
1: man, they're giving the disciples flyers to hand out for every chariot in town. Come see the greatest show on earth. We're this have man a chariot
0: w- drive around the Colosseum and drop out some uh, some flyers with
1: flashing lights and, and sounds and sirens. Come see Jesus in the flesh. He raises the dead. He gives sight to the blind. He causes the deaf to hear. I feel like I may have actually seen
0: this flyer somewhere. You could have that, seen that's this. That's how realistic yeah. that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he produces a potluck dinner on the grounds, catfish, po-boys, if you're out of food. Jesus Christ in the flesh. That's what an American That had.
0: would have filled the, the arena.
1: It would have filled the arena. Jesus would have packed that place every night of the week until he passed away. But here's the crazy thing. As you study the New Testament, we cannot find one reference. One, in, one time that Jesus actually visits the city of Caesarea by the sea. Now, mm. you may be saying, what about Caesarea Philippi? That's a different city, that's north. We do go there. But you can't find one time that Jesus visits Caesarea by the sea. And here's the point I want to prove to the, to the group right off the bat. Jesus is not an American Western pastor. Mm. He's an Eastern rabbi who's passionate about disciple making. And Jesus knew that if he spent time with 12 men He literally, over time, could change the world. And because of his investment, we're all here today. Mm. That's how we start the trip off, just to kind of get them kind of ingrained in the culture there. Then we move up to the Galilee area. We spent about four days in Galilee, which personally, that's probably one of my favorite places to go.
0: It seems like from scripture, that would be an important place that you'd want to hang out. Well, But before you tell us about it, we need to take a brief break to hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back on the other side. Have you been looking for a way to train your church to make disciples? Our team here at Replicate, Robbie Gallaty, Candy Gallaty, Tim LaFleur, Gus Hernandez, and myself, Chris Swain, have put together a digital discipleship blueprint. We've taken our live event that thousands have attended, thousands have been impacted by, and we put it together so that you can get it and watch from the comfort of your own church and show this to your people and use it as a training tool. You will learn how to plan, formulate, and develop a disciple-making culture in your church and its ministries. You can check it out at replicate.org slash buy blueprint. B U Y Blueprint. Replicate.org slash buy blueprint if you'd like to check out the digital discipleship blueprint. And we're back talking about Galilee. So apparently, this is one of your favorite places to go. Uh, Again, it's just thinking through scripture. I can understand why it might be, (laughs) but tell us.
1: It's the only place that sounds very similar to my last name, (laughs) and it's the only time when people can get my last name right when I say. If you
0: were of a certain denomination, you might change your name to Robbie Galilee.
1: It had a ring to it. Robbie, Galilee. Yeah, close. No. So we go to Galilee. A couple, couple big things happened there, obviously. Jesus spent most of his ministry in Galilee. Jesus called the disciples in Galilee. Galilee. Jesus fed the 5,000 in Galilee. Right. Jesus walked on water. He calmed the storms of the sea. He healed people. I mean, he preached in synagogues. He, 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 he did many different miracles in Galilee. One of the neat things about Galilee is we go out to basically a place where we can say without question this is where jesus would have been now a lot of places in israel you can speculate right they have like a b and c sites okay c is we don't know for sure if he's been here at all sure b is we can say roughly with 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 some certainty jesus probably was here yeah and a site is when we go to certain sites and there are a few a few of them. When we go and we say, we know for sure Jesus would have been here. Hmm. We know for sure his footsteps would have, he would have walked through this yeah. place. Capernaum is one of them, or in Hebrew, Kapharnaum. Kafarna. You ever heard of that Sounds like a
0: much more fun <laughs> name. Why are we not calling why are we not it, Kafarnaum? Call it Kafarnaum.
1: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's really, that's really what it is. It's a fishing town. But here's what's cool about Kafarnaum, is <laughs> When we go there, there's a synagogue. And the Got synagogue you. actually dates back to Jesus's time. It actually dates further back. And we go into this synagogue and there's just a moment. I know for me, it's happened most of the times I've been when you just feel the weight of the reality that Jesus would have been in this synagogue. He would have said the Shema like every other Jewish person. Jesus probably would have spoken in this synagogue as we know he did. And there's just there's just a weightiness to that to mm. know that I am walking at the yeah. same place Jesus walked, right? Wow. And then across the way, we have a place which is speculated as the house of Peter's mother-in-law, where Peter would have yeah. lived. And uh, so you a lot of neat things in, in, Caper- in Capernaum. Then we go north to Caesarea Philippi. What's great about Caesarea Philippi is it's a discipleship expedition. We take our group there, very similar to Jesus taking his guys there. Now, what I show people on the trip is when you go with me, you get a booklet. And uh, you get a book with maps, and you get a book with pictures, Hmm. and you get a book with blanks, and you get a book with a reading plan. And the reason I do that is because I found that in, with trips in the past, you go with a Bible in one hand, you go with a journal in the other hand, you got a map in another hand, yeah. you got a out in another <laughs> right. hand, you got a backpack, I mean it's just too many things, just right. way too many things. So we take this book and as we're driving in the bus, hmm. 26 miles yeah. from the Galilee area to Caesarea Philippi, I show them that this would have been a two to two and a half day journey by foot, here's why. They have to go up and down the mountains to get there. Yeah, we drive in a bus. It takes us, you know, an hour. Hmm. It would have taken them two to two and a half days. Very wow. difficult journey, but no Jewish person would have ever gone to Ca- uh, Caesarea Philippi. Why do you think so?
0: Well, I have heard a recent sermon that may give away that answer, so I'm not going to answer. it. But I think it has <laughs> to do with the pagan. Well, I don't know pagan gods, but just the 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 way that, false gods, the, the false gods. Yeah, that that uh, that area kind of was the hub for some of no, I
1: mean, Caesarea Philippi is one of the most impactful places to go, Chris. I'm just telling you, because what happens is you can hear about it, you can hear sermons about yeah. it, but until you actually go there, and what we do is we go and we sit outside the platform, mm. do a little teaching, and then we walk up to the top of the platform, which would have been the epicenter of paganism? Wow. Caesarea Philippi was a place where it was a buffet of gods back then. In fact, when you look in the mountains, uh, you just go online and search, you see all these little niches or niches in the mountain where they had false uh, pagan gods, false gods just all so over there. So they
0: just had a little statue or idol in each one of those places. Yeah,
1: paying homage to the gods, right? And, you know, the Greeks and the Romans very similar. They they couldn't decide on which god was God, so they just chose them all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> let's, just, let's just take <laughs> them all. Can I roll the dice and we can just... <laughs>
1: Take them all. Why not? Right? If you if you're in trouble for this, you got a hurt foot for this, a stub toe. You pay for. You play. You pray to that. One. But anyway, so. But the centerpiece of their worship, of false worship, was the god of Pan, the false mm. god of Pan, which was half goat, half man. And they had this whole temple to Pan, and they had this water area, this kind of pool that would pool up from a spring below. And they didn't know this obviously at the time, but the water would swirl. They thought it was the working of the gods. Hmm. They didn't realize that it was a spring below, but. They yeah. didn't know that. But at the time, they thought it was a, a, a swirling of the pool. And uh, I think archaeologists have found that the water content was high in hydrogen, mm. which produced this effect that I'm going to tell you about. They would sacrifice goats. They would throw the goats as offerings into the water. Mm. If the blood of the goat turned clear, the offering was uh, re- accepted. If the blood of the goat remained red the offering was rejected. Mm. So you have this offering of goats and dead animals and and blood everywhere, but in addition to that, they believe that if they engaged in sexual activity because the God of Pan was a God of sex and and fertility, that that Pan himself would come back from the underworld. Mm. And what they did is they labeled, you ready for this? They labeled that pool that had the swirling water where the animals were sacrificed. They labeled that pool, you ready for this? The Gates of Hades, okay? The Gates of Hades. That was, why is it called the Gates of Hades? Because it was the gate or the entranceway To the underworld. Okay, Mm. now you gotta understand, Hades is not what we think today. We think Hades is hell. It's not hell. It wasn't hell for them back then. Hades basically was this idea of a place where both the righteous and the unrighteous were as a holding place until the Messiah returned. Mm. And you know this from the story of Lazarus and the rich man. You remember this? Yes. So the rich man is seeing Lazarus, and for some kind of way, they're talking to each other separated by a chasm. Right. Abraham's where all the righteous are, the rich man's where all the unrighteous are, and basically it's a holding place in Hades Hmm. so Hades was the underworld it was a place where death held you and contained you okay so I take the group there and what I show them is Jesus and you can't listen I could tell you this now but when until you go Chris you'll see the impact Hmm. of this we go there and I say Jesus has took them on a two and a half day journey to give them the midterm exam (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the mentor exam yeah. and the exam I mean it's a pretty hefty exam two questions Chris two uh-huh. questions that's okay. all the exam you miss one you
0: get a 50. Now is this an exam essay or is it just a no I think it's an oral example choice oh it's
1: an oral exam there's no more <laughs> multiple, no, multiple choice one question okay one now, question for, 50,
0: per, 50 points per question here you got two
1: here they go what are these questions here are the questions you ready for this who do people say that I am Okay? Hmm. So a couple of them start spouting off. You know, some, say, uh, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say one of the prophets, some say Jeremiah. Okay? And uh, the reason they thought John the Baptist is because Herod Antipas, who killed John the Baptist, thought Jesus was John the Baptist reincarnated. Hmm. So he thought, man, I killed this guy, he's come back again. Uh, some thought he was Elijah from the Malachi passage, some thought Jeremiah was just a prophet. But then Jesus gets more pointed with his question. He says, who do you guys think I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter stands up and gets it right. He says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Now that word living is so impactful and you don't get it unless you're there. But what I think what Peter's saying is this, you're the son of the living God, not like these dead idols around us, not like this garbage around us, not like the filth that's going on in this town. Hmm. You, You gotta understand, Caesarea Philippi would be like going in the middle of the red light district and during Mardi Gras at midnight hmm. on Bourbon Street. I mean, it's it's yeah. just not a place, a good, Somewhere upstanding. vision
0: envision Jesus hanging out with No, disciples. in
1: fact, the disciples walking there probably said, are we? What is happening right are now? Are <laughs> we going here? Golly, if my dad, you know, David, I mean, uh, Bartholomew, if my dad found out we're going here, <laughs> he's going to kill me. You know, I mean, that's the kind of mindset there. And when Peter says, you're the son of the living God, Jesus says these words, uh, upon your Peter. Petras, and upon this rock, Petra, I'm gonna build my church, my ecclesia, my movement, and the gates of Hades will not prevail. Now, for years, I looked at that as, the gates of Hades are gonna kinda overcome us, they're gonna prevail over us, they're gonna attack us. That's not what Jesus is saying, I don't think. The word prevail means to stand strong, to be fortified. Mm. So what Jesus is saying is, not we wait in our pretty buildings and our comfortable churches and just hope the devil disappears out there, He's not saying let's sit back idly and just wait for the return of me or the rapture to come, whatever comes. He, he's not saying that. Mm-hmm. What Jesus is saying is because I have conquered death, hell and the grave, I have open the gates of Hades now, they will not prevail, meaning they're not going to keep you within. See, what a gate does is, it not only keeps people on the outside, it confines people within. Wow. And you got to understand what Jesus is showing us here. The gates of Hades was the holding place for death. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus, and, and the reason I know this is the very next thing Jesus talks about, it says, from that point on, he begins to talk about his death How he's going to be crucified and rise on the third day. So what Jesus is saying is this without saying uh, too much about it. Jesus is saying this. The gates of Hades has held people for a long time because of the enemy and because of sin and because of destruction in the world. But now that I've conquered death, hell and the grave, the gates of Hades will not contain you. And what Jesus is saying is this is not a passive command or an encouragement. This is an active command mindset of going after and advancing the kingdom. Wow. We're not to sit behind closed doors. We're to take the gospel to the world. We're to advance the gospel. We're not to sit idly. We're to move forward with the gospel, taking light and pushing back hmm. darkness. Why? Because we serve a risen savior who's conquered death, hell, and the grave. Now, here's the thing. If you're not there, all of this is just a story that you read and you sure. know they traveled to Caesarea Philippi and they heard these words, but when you're there, I'm telling you people get up from that encounter and they are physically, visibly moved, mm. and they think, wow. And Jesus is saying, yeah, what God are you going to serve? The dead God's here or the living God me?
0: Wow. So being in that place and hearing and, and rereading scripture with a new lens of, of being there and seeing these things obviously eye opening, obviously impacting. If you can suggest anyone do it, you know, if you can afford it, obviously there's a price, there's a cost. But I think one practical thing people can take away too is let's look at how we're studying scripture and let's look at those places and, and, and some of these areas, even if you have to do so online, even if you're studying however, and and look at how they practically impacted what Jesus was saying and teaching.
1: Well, this year, okay. So this year, here, here's a here's a here's something we're doing for the first time. We are actually opening the trip up. Outside of Long Hollow, the church oh, I pastor. Okay. okay, so this year for the first time, we're gonna allow people to come on this discipling pilgrimage to Israel wow. and learn the Jewish... And here's the cool thing. I just told you about two places. Yeah, We visit 50 of those sites. <laughs> I'm just telling you, Chris, it is mind-blowing. Wow. We go to the Essenes, we go to the Qumran, we go to the Dead Sea, we go to Masada, we go to wow. Jericho. That's awesome. Uh, so, so, But here's the thing. Uh, we're opening up for the first time people are interested. So if you, if you want more information, right. go to
0: longhollow.com forward slash... Israel. Longhollow.com forward slash Israel. 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 All right. I'm, yep. I'm excited about that. I do believe that I'm going to get to go this year. You're I'm, going I'm next year.
1: Excited. And that's another caveat. We've uh, got to say, you excited. and Melissa are going this year. So
0: we'll definitely talk about this wow. next fall. Wow. Wow. With a new light, uh, I do want to remind everyone that we are part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. And this week, wanted to give a shout out to our friends at Five LQ Five Leadership Questions Podcast. Todd Atkins, Daniel M. These guys are great. They ask five questions to guests like Craig Rochelle, Carrie Newoff, Priscilla Shire, Simon Sinek, just some really uh, cool people, including at some point Pastor Robbie and myself. So I'm excited about getting on 5LQ. Those guys have invited us to be a part of a podcast soon. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts and all of the others in our podcast network if you get the chance. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.